We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody... Synthetic risk transfer. Boy, there's a phrase you didn't hear before, huh, Squirrel? You know what, Dad? See, there's a bunch of new regulations that keep coming out of this gangster government. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the one that's up before the Supreme... Supreme Court, because it's all littered with nothing but Obama Marxist mafia members. It's not a real bureaucracy. However, we pay tremendous amounts of money, not just for the employees of the Marxist mafia, but for the costs of having that and what it does to the banking system and the investors. Well, there's a little murmur going on and big banks. They're now cooking up new ways to relieve themselves from regulatory extortion which is really what the government partakes in, in every sector of our life. Regulatory extortion. But don't worry, the Dow's up, so everything is great. You see, the effect of the Democrats on an economy, it's something people can't learn from. Just look at the once great cities they now have destroyed, like Chicago. Take a look at it. And you know what's funny? For some reason, there seems to be some sort of confusion. Do you think the good states in this country, the good people... They want your ideas. See, we don't want your ideas. So this notion that it's bipartisanship. No, it's not. It's that good people decide we've had enough of the scum agreements of the Democrat gangsters. It's that simple. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Well, when I hear a lobbyist, the son of a lobbyist, a, a, a real, a real piece of garbage by the name of Mouskowitz, by the way, in And the east coast of Florida, his father is a legendary, was, he's dead now, thank God, legendary scumbag, shakedown artist, lobbyist, uh, embroiled in every scandal on the east coast of Florida, including the associations that didn't want to fix and repair the buildings, so they would hire this scumbag so they didn't have to, you know, like the one that collapsed, that kind of thing. Embroiled in every campaign fraud, his name was Mouskowitz. Well, his little son, Mouskowitz, the penalty for being a scumbag, he's a congressman now. One of the key uh, issues um, to historically motivated uh, voters is the economy. And while the numbers on jobs and spending, even inflation, are, are much improved, more than half of those polled by the New York Times Siena College said the current economic conditions are poor. Uh, I mean, that's a threat to Democrats, especially to Biden. It is. It is. We can't tell people the economy is good or things are getting better if they don't feel it. If, 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 go. All this feeling bulldung. Do you know what, what? why? Because he's being asked the question by another Democrat asset, a Democrat apparatchik posing as media. Inflation is only down if you start from the worst part of the Biden years. But what we remember, we the people, 
the workers, the good people, ones who buy dinner for their family and don't expect the government to do it through welfare. We know what it's like since Joe Biden stole the office. It's terrible. Now, it's half as bad as it was because the first year of Bidenomics really sucked. Now you've managed to subsidize it. And that's called massive government spending. And the only way you can keep this con job going is if you get enough Republicans to go along with it. Well, I think it's great. Great that we for once have a Speaker of the House that wants to separate. So the people who are still dumb enough, the 39 percent of Americans who are still dumb enough to think Joe Biden is capable of tying his shoes, let alone governing anything. Or they're too ignorant to realize his 50 years of scandal, much like Moskowitz's father. 50 years of allegations of corruption, evidence of bribery and pay to play scum. Maybe they can pull their head out of their derriere. I mean, otherwise they're going to elect the corpse next year. The grocery store food's more expensive. Gas is more expensive than they remember, and even while it's coming down. And so these are things that are affecting people's lives. Rent is more expensive, right? Doing anything right now is more expensive because of inflation. This- so there's this big push. Bipartisan. When, it, when, when Democrats like Moskowitz, when Democrats like Biden, when any Democrat talks of bipartisanship, that's how you know you're compromising with corruption. You're compromising with failure. You're admitting that you're willing to lose at a pace you're comfortable with. That's what it means to compromise with a Democrat. If Republicans inject partisanship into otherwise bipartisan priorities... That is only going to make it harder to avoid a shutdown, pass Israel aid, pass Ukraine aid. See, there are no bipartisan priorities. None. The Democrats in this country, country, they don't like our laws. They nullify our laws. They implement bureaucracies and regulations to extort good, honest people. They tie them up in court like they're doing right now to Donald Trump and many others, many others. They, they bastardize the principles of our nation. But what, I, what exactly? The first thing that Joe Biden administration did, the very first thing, was shut down what? Our border security. You shut it down. You opened it up because that was your plan. Then you sent the Oval Office tramp with $1.5 billion to give money to other corrupt Central and South American countries. But you never said the, what the money was for. Because what it appears like is that these countries run by other socialist corrupt whores like the aldermen in Chicago. These countries appear to be sending their cartels, sending their sick, sending their sex traffickers and their degenerates. So here's the security and the only one we're interested in. Schmuck Schumer, I mean Chuck. Boy, that Freudian really gets to me. Schmuck Schumer, you gargoyle looking freak. By the way, what did your daughter do? Oh, one's a lobbyist for Amazon and the other is a lobbyist for Facebook or Meta. Has anyone looked at their personal wealth or their tax revenues? Me either. Crooked bastards. In the meantime, here's what the skinny is, Schmuck Schumer and your unfortunate looking daughters. There will either be the border security or you will get nothing to fund your corruption in the former Soviet Union called Ukraine or any other scam you have going. Pass humanitarian aid for Gaza and all of our other priorities. Yesterday. Wait a minute. Humanitarian aid for Gaza. This is another great thing. Are you too stupid to look at what Hamas, those inbred, wife-beating, daughter-mutilating, 7th century yard gnome savages were doing to their people long before this conflict? 
And they were taking the aid that everybody was was giving them because the only way they exist is on welfare. They're like your base, your Democrat base. And they were stealing the money. They were keeping their people in slavery and servitude. And they were building 300 miles at least of underground tunnels, not for mining precious metals. No, not for producing anything that the world could use, but for hiding caves for rats to kill Jews. That's what you were doing, schmuck. So we're done. I think we're done giving them money, pretending it's for humanitarian resources until those people reject the seventh century yard gnomes. We're not giving them five cents. What do you think of that, Chuck? A group of Senate Republicans released a proposal for border security that they want in exchange for Ukraine funding. And they know full well what they came up with is a total non-starter. Here's what's a non-starter, schmuck. We see you. We know about the Ukrainian government, the upper echelon, driving around at $500,000 Rolls Royces. We know about Zelensky specifically stealing the money. In fact, we also know that when Joe Biden was the vice president for Barack, who likes him big and around, we know that he was giving those loan guarantees of $1 billion to Ihor Kolomoisky specifically. And we want to know where the money is. And we don't care what you thieving rat bastard Democrats have to say about anything. And that includes the former comedian, now fake tough guy, Zelensky. If you can't give us, can't give us some financial support, okay, okay, please give us a credit and we will give you back money. No, no, no. How about you? Uh, no. How about you already give us the money? And here's another thing. You're worth 600 million. You in the T-shirt. You fraud. You're worth 600 million. Now, rather than ask where you got it or how you got it, you kick in your 600 million first, crook. Now, you'd have to get rid. You'd have to get a hold of that wife of yours. And I know she's living in Paris with those red soled shoes and that Louis Vuitton bag. But you're going to kick in your 600,000 before we kick in five cents. What do you think about that, crook? Because we know something that is uncomfortable for you. It's true. We know that you have been stealing the money since day one. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. $400 million. So you're going to get nothing. We want all the answers. And by the way, I want this addressed because Seymour Hirsch is a lifelong Democrat and he's being ignored by the schmuck schumers of the world. Yes, he is. In the meantime, we've got a little local scandal that I think is worthy of announcing because all of us in the formerly great city in in, in a joke now called Chicago in the formerly great county, a joke for half a century since uh, the, the commissioners started parking in forest preserves. We're all suffering under the cost of corruption and property taxes. So here's a little something you should know. You know that big mouth, Stacey Davis Gates, that fraud? Do you know she cheats on property taxes all over? WGN investigates the head of the Chicago Teachers Union facing questions for claiming Indiana as her primary residence. That helped her to secure a tax break there. And it comes as her union fights to raise the transfer taxes on high-end homes. WGN's Lourdes Duarte. Now see, among scumbag Mafia members, butter-handed pansy, Chicago Democrats, that's a resume builder. But that right there is something that any decent human being in a decent climate would immediately lose their job, their pension, and everything else. Because this is, you know, I've always said, Squirrel, the true face of greed isn't the 
man fighting to keep his own money. The face of greed is the communist, the Marxist, the socialist, the Chicago Democrat scum who hire their step and fetch fall phony lawyers like Ed Burke and Mike Madigan to do what? To bribe them so that the property taxes get lowered and they don't pay. You see, these aren't men. These aren't Americans. These are mafia scum. Whether they come with cleavage or without. Isn't that right? Stacey Davis Gates. WGN investigates the head of the Chicago Teachers Union facing questions for claiming Indiana as her primary residence. That helped her to secure a tax break there. And it comes as her union fights to raise the transfer taxes on high-end homes. WGN's Lord. And you know what's funny? When you're in states that aren't shaken down and assets of this labor extortion mafia, these big fat slobs who can't read or say the word ask but claim to be teachers. When you're in states like this, you pay nothing compared to the taxes you pay for property that loses its value every day. Because everyone knows what Chicago, Cook County and Illinois is. They know what it is. It's a mafia run corrupt hellhole. Now to CBS 2's exclusive video showing the tense moments sparking bullying accusations against a Chicago alderman. The exchange has Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa stepping down from key leadership posts on city council. But he's still an alderman, right? This fat socialist pig. By the way, you better only shove women, fatso, because you'll be spitting teeth. You try that anyone I know, anyone, you fat socialist moron. Here in video, you'll see only on two, the 35th Ward Alderman, wearing a gray shirt and khaki pants, seemingly grabs onto a colleague, you know, then they uses his body to block her trial. from entering council chambers for a vote. CBS two. You know, the, the khaki pants, squirrel, they were all chafed on the inside because he's a fat pig. Did you take a look at this guy? I don't know how these socialists, all of them fat, all of them like shoving people around, because the reality is socialism is violent. Their philosophy of stealing people's money is violence. Every once in a while, when they shove women, goes to show you the kind of character of the men that subscribe to socialists, socialism, communism, or Chicago Democrats. You all like shoving women. Can't hack it with the real men. Just like earning money. Can't make your own money. So you better steal other people's, huh? Fatso. Sabrina Franza was there as our cameras were rolling, and she has more now. Sabrina? So we were there as this began and heard... By the way, I'll be at the Elmhurst Cigar House tomorrow around... 11 o'clock in the morning, any socialists want to come and shove me, in particular this fat pig. I'll pay his train ticket. Outing come from just behind council chambers. We realized at that moment that Alderwoman Emma Mitz was being blocked from entering by now former floor leader, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa. Alderwoman Emma Mitz was trying to get into council chambers. And by the way, when you watch the video, it's very upsetting. See, I don't like when fat slobs, I particularly don't like Democrats. But when they're socialists and they shove women, pretend men like this Ramirez Rosa, I'll give you $5,000 if you could shove me. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I think what I find most disgusting about this is that there were other men standing around. There's other men, there's security guard. Ray Lopez was the only one that stood up for her. Ray Lopez, the only one that stood up for her. All the other fat slobs want their pensions. So they sat there with their thumb up their derriere like usual. Like it was Monday 
Waiting for break time, huh, fatsos? To vote on whether or not a referendum on the city's sanctuary city status would be on the ballot next March. Standing in her way, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa. He shakes his head as she eventually makes her way inside. She was at a loss for words. She was like, I don't remember feeling like this since I was in the South as a child. Alderwoman Mitz dialed in. You know what's fun is that every once in a while you get to see the character of these socialists and everybody kind of remembers, well, they did. Their philosophy does result in about 170 million deaths. You see, because ultimately, they can't argue on the principle of any of their arguments. Not a one. Not economic, not social tranquility, nothing. Because what they do is fail. And the only ones who ever reap any kind of benefit of socialists are government. That's why they always make up the worst. It's like when you see the kids with that Che Guevara scumbag murdering piece of dung. And you see him. On the, on the shirt of these kids, and the kids have there because he has nice hair and he's got a beret on. And they don't realize he single-handedly killed and murdered thousands of Cubans. But he had good hair, squirrel. And he preached at Utopia like a Chicago socialist, Ramirez Rosa. You're lucky, you're lucky you laid your hand on a Democrat. That would have been somebody I knew or loved. You'd spit teeth for the rest of your life. Virtually to today's meeting, Alderman Gilbert Viegas previously held the same position as Ramirez Rosa, floor leader. Floor leader. The day, your job is to try to whip votes to push the agenda, uh, understanding that some folks are not going to always agree with you. Standing in the door. You know, I, can't, I really I can't stand this scum. What is it? The fourth year in a row they're they're, they're voted the, the, the most corrupt city in America, undeniably, even more than New York and New Jersey. Chicago Democrats. How's it work? How's it work for the, for the tranquility of the nation well, I mean, you- of the city? All these businesses now have to pay thousands of dollars to repair the damage left behind. Now, four places were hit on this corner alone, and you can see many of them have already boarded up after the thieves smashed through windows and doors. Too bad those business owners didn't think like me, because they'd be picking up the bodies. Sorry, boys, you have the right to defend your property. Now, how do we get to this space? Democrats, years and decades of Democrats. And we're supposedly uh, now it's a scandal that politicians, a small handful, decided to declare it a sanctuary city. But doesn't anybody remember the fighting that took place? In fact, Chicago itself, the corrupt joke of a city, didn't they sue the Department of Justice to remain sanctuary city? New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago, America's three largest cities, are among the dozens pushing back against President Donald Trump's anti-sanctuary city policy. Chicago is the latest to lead the charge. Announced- so let me ask you this. when, when uh, If it ever does get overturned by politicians or the people, does that mean Chicago has to reimburse the government for the fees so that Rahm Emanuel could pretend to be a Democrat rather than a half-assed wannabe gangster at the Yakuza. Now, I think he got a promotion. Finally, his nine, his eight and a half fingers or nine and a half fingers fits in. A lawsuit claiming the administration's efforts to withhold funding from sanctuary cities is unconstitutional. Chicago will not let our residents have their fundamental rights isolated and violated. And Chicago will never relinquish relinquish boy you'd think if somebody worth hundreds of millions could speak wouldn't you ah, what are you gonna do you think he could work a slicer too but that's the only job he ever had that wasn't in government our status as a welcoming city in chicago local police do not turn over undocumented immigrants who face so now wear it wear it and shut your mouth you were all happy when donald trump was in you were ex- you were ecstatic you really were happy ron countryside 
Yeah, I just wanted to mention that uh, alderman that stopped the woman. I'd like to know why he's not being charged with kidnapping instead of just bullying. <laughs> kidnapping. Yeah, I like it. I like the way you think. But come on, among Democrat mafia members, that's a resume builder. You'll be lucky if he doesn't end up the head of some department, like maybe water reclamation. What do you do there? Nothing. Big, fat pension, a lot of power. And you know, your biggest problem of the day is where are you going to go eat? 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, it's interesting. Every once in a while, we'll have Democrats come that chime in on our media or call the station. I'm not whining about Democrats. I recognized what they were. I wouldn't live around them. I can't stand living around them. I tried it for a bulk of my life. I realized what they do. They destroy the quality of life, the property values. The only way they can exist is on stealing money from legitimate businesses and legitimate people. They produce nothing. They're good for nothing. I'm about secession, not about whining. The only time I come back here is when I'm reminded of how in the world I let it go so long before I recognized you have to run because they are a cancer that kills everything they touch. After all, they've done this throughout the world. Chicago is nothing new. It's just the, the normal the normal progression of what happens when you tolerate the philosophy of scum, the philosophy of socialism and Marxism and communism. This isn't like a theoretical debate. This isn't something we have to have or, gee, this time it'll turn out different. Everyone has always known what happens when you commingle the quality of life of freedom and liberty with scum, mafia, Democrats, whether they call themselves socialists or communists or Marxists is irrelevant. They are a cancer in a society that only knows how to fail. And the only way they can exist is what you hear now. Bipartisan compromise. There is no compromise. There's just agreeing to go along with these idiots. Agreeing to be wrong just a little bit. Ultimately, the destination is Chicago 2023. And if I am not mistaken, don't these failures walk around like successes? I mean, they can't afford anything. Not their own budget. They can't do anything without welfare. And everybody knows what they've always been. I mean, it's an old argument we have to have over and over again. So I like when uh, we had somebody who could really articulate the problems. People told you for days in advance that if the university sought to go ahead with that construction, they were going to physically destroy the university. Now, why did you negotiate many times? Negotiate? What is to negotiate? What is the university is a public institution? That's right. But the university, its own community and for the community of Berkeley that live around it. All of it began the first time some of you who know better and are old enough to know better let young people think that they have the right to choose the laws they would obey as long as they were doing it in the name of social protest. By the way, you think this applies to young people? Ed Burke, it's funny, watch him on trial. And now everybody, ooh, yeah, it's about, he's going to finally get hit. 50 years. He walked around Rush Street with hookers on his arm like a powerful McGaffer. Nobody said a word. Like Mike Madigan. You went along with it all. City Hall, the 50 Thieves. Everybody knew they were shakedown. Dick Mel. The only reason you know Rod Blagojevich's name is because he married his homely daughter. Otherwise, you'd never know his name. 
He wasn't qualified to do anything, but he had the clout to get in. And you've been selling your soul to the devil for jobs and pensions. Now you're going to complain. I'm not whining. So whoever there was who said I was whining, oh, no. I realized you're going to destroy the assets of everybody, even the people who think they're in on your scam. So I tried to liquidate what I could and went to a better place. I recommend everybody do that. It's a shame they have to do that. But it's similar to living in the former Soviet Union. It's a cancer of righteous corruption. And everybody turns out to be the hero is actually the one stealing your money, the politicians. And you know it is. So this Ramirez bullying the lady around. Big deal. It's what you've been doing to people for 100 years. This guy just finally put hands on somebody. George in Naperville. Yeah, Sean, that Ramirez Rosa, the one who roughed up that woman, yeah. should get a job at, uh, as a bouncer in one of those tough lesbian bars. Oh, I think he I, he fit in. He definitely has the cleavage for it. Uh, Art in Skokie. Well, thanks, Sean, for taking my phone call. And and when Daniel Beast was running for governor, he was gonna he was running with Rosa as a lieutenant governor, as far as I know. Yeah, he's and open socialist. Because he's on top of it, he's a Sunday on top of it. It's come on top of a Sunday, he's anti-Semite. <laughs> oh, of course he is. Most socialists are. Go ahead. That's it? And oh, all right. Also, I have to give credit to the wife of Blagojevich. She could kick him to the curb when he was in prison, but, you know. Nah, it took her a long time to get a date. She was didn't want to take the chance again. Although, be happy that she didn't kick him to the curb. You'd have another governor that was the, the husband. Thank you very much. It's the only reason anybody knows Rod Blagojevich's name. What is he? What was his big thing, claim to fame, when he got caught? Because he was in on this whole mafia. He got kicked to the curb. He offended somebody. Then he became a Trumplican. And then low-life Republican scourge wrapped their arm around Rod Blagojevich. After decades of knowing what he was. By the way, he liked to kiss the ass of the short-in-the-pants mafia, too. I think he's got lipstick named Ed Burke. Uh, Dave in Downers Grove. Hey, Sean. Hey, listen, I want to know why the welcoming city is lying about the number of uh, illegals in our city. I mean, their own numbers from the, from the government is like 8 million illegals came in Joe's president, but they showed 40,000 here in Chicago. Dave, you're... You remember when we were kids in the 80s? Remember when we were kids? What did they say? 12 million, 13 million. Yeah, no. Same number they've been saying for 40 years. You know, the funny no. thing when you, when, you have, when you have this situation, you have no idea what the number is. There is no idea how many tens of millions of people who are here that aren't here because they came the right way. Now, it's a staggering realization, but how do you quantify the cost to the American people? You can't because we have compromised with socialism, public schools. What the hell is that? Why in the hell do I have to pay for everybody else's kid? Why do why do homosexuals who have no kids have to pay? Why do businesses bear the brunt of that cost? Why? Because you've compromised with corruption and look at the corruption. Now you have it in the year 2023, $30,000 per Chicago public school head just every name 30,000 the people paid to the teacher union and and the school system that's insanity and the money is in the billions and they steal it and 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 in the names are 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 fungible every year what another principal in a milk scam another principal in a food scam another principal 25 million and nobody could so what nobody cares if you cared you'd stop electing these mafia members until the word democrat is synonymous for what it is a gangster 
you're lost. 39% of people, and this is supposedly, ooh, it's terrible. That means 132.6 million Americans still think Joe Biden is a good president. Until that number is zero, run the high ground, brother. There's no saving the stupid. This is why they used to separate them in school when kids were allowed to achieve. Now they give them the promotion, and in some cases, the presidency. Speaking of special ed, where is he? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you follow, if you follow um, things in, in D.C. really closely, you know, but uh, yeah, but you might maybe maybe you have maybe you think that there's a lot of dysfunctional in uh, in D.C. True. Right. He means dysfunction, but it's Fetterman. And by the way, he's not the dumbest in Washington. The dumbest is in the one in the Oval Office. And I don't mean the easiest. That would be the vice president. Yeah. You know, well, I'm here to tell you, I came from D.C. and Pennsylvania to tell you in Iowa, yes, yes, is dysfunctional in D.C. But, but I'm asking all of you to relax. It's much. He means relax. It, it just gets worse from there. And he keeps waiting for laugh lines. It's there's not one laugh line until the very end. The very end, I thought, was quite funny. But moments later, he's interrupted by a protester. 4,000 plus dead children in Palestine, 9,000 plus dead civilians. Get off the stage. Get off the stage. I don't care. That's not what Then Fetterman says this. The joke, the joke is on you. I had a stroke. I can't fully understand what you're saying. Finally, the first time in my life an adult Democrat told the truth. That's the first time an elected Democrat ever told the truth. I don't understand what the hell you're saying anyway. Haven't you been watching the news? 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. The latest revelations in the House Oversight Committee investigation into Biden family business dealings involves uh, two checks that landed in Joe Biden's personal bank account. One was for $40,000, the other $200,000. He doesn't, nobody cares. Democrats don't care. Democrats are covetous of bribery schemes. They're not offended by them. That's why... I mean, this is the, the legacy of Democrats. The difference, the difference. Most of us don't call ourselves Republicans. We support Republicans from time to time. But I wouldn't tolerate one iota if I even think somebody's a scumbag. You hear me openly denounce 80% of all Illinois Republicans. They're scum to me. They're no better than the Democrats. They just have better suits. They're as responsible for the predicament as most phony, limp-wristed Republicans in these Democrat strongholds are. There are ramifications. And by the way, this is not unique to Chicago. It's everywhere they are. The state federal prosecutors announced one of the biggest drug busts in New England history. Over 200 pounds of suspected drugs, including some made to look like Valentine's Day candy, were found inside a home with children living inside. Takes them to the end of the story before you get the names and you realize they're illegal aliens. Like everywhere else. Rob, Ukraine Village. Hey, uh, two quick ones. Uh, one, uh, since we, I'm not Ukrainian village anymore, I'm killed here. And uh, that actually goes to my first point here. I moved to the suburbs, 
and my daughter, we sent her to school and she came home, she was crying and we're like, what's wrong? And she said, I'm not the fastest in class anymore. And we're talking to the teachers and it, we had to teach her to run in a straight line because she was still running in that serpentine pattern that we taught her when she lived in the city that she doesn't have to do anymore. <laughs> well, thank God. Good. It's a much safer. Hopefully everything goes well. I mean, I'd prefer it if you were calling me from a well-run free state, but we'll do the best we can. Little bites at a time. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, next, I uh, went to the doctors uh, today. Uh, my doctor is Italian, uh, born and raised in Italy, came the United States many years ago, and uh, we had a conversation about how she cringes every time she watched, walks around the city, turns on the news, everything she was escaping as a child uh, is, is what she sees happening now. I know you get these calls all the time from people with acquaintances of people they know like this, but here's another one. And she sees 10 cities. She said when she was going for her green card that she was so terrified of messing it up that she babysat and she did it for free because she was even afraid to take cash under the table. Yeah. And now they let all these people in unvetted to, to suck off the teeth of the, uh, of the government. That always gets lost. Uh, it's destroying it. That point always gets lost in this argument. You have people that sat and paid thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars, but waited six years, seven years, eight years, followed every rule because they were proud to be American. And now who gets the bulk of the money are the people who said, what's here for me? I'm here. What do you got for me? It's a real slap in the face. And you know something? This is something that both parties used to acknowledge. I mean, I play that clip from 1995 of Bill Clinton for a very specific reason. What we are facing today in the year 2023 is a Marxist mafia. They are not Democrats anymore. The Democrats are the Illinois Republicans. These are Marxist mafia members, and they are united, and they are 70, 80 million strong. And they will tear down everything because they like the scandals and the scams. When they, when they hear the, the money being stolen by Ukraine, their first thought is, boy, I wish I was in Ukraine. They don't care about it. I remember how Democrats used to be, and so do you. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. Now, let me ask you something, Squirrel. Was he compromising with the Ronald Reagan voters or were they compromising with him? Or, or, Squirrel, did the Democrats of the 90s know right from wrong as opposed to this Marxist mafia posing as Democrats today? Ding, 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 ding. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Everyone has realized since the dawn of collectivism, whether they call themselves communists or Marxists or socialists, one thing has to take place. History has to be rewritten so that the future can be stolen. We in this country are experiencing it to a magnitude that is really unprecedented in this country. We're, we're made to uh, believe that our ancestors were somehow criminals 
And we are all responsible for criminal activity. But is any of it true? Most of us are lucky enough to be able to read. And we remember when history was being taught properly. So we reject the new modern day Marxists. However, the youth in this country, unfortunately, has fallen prey to the scallywags and pathological scoundrels called the Marxist Mafia. My next guest devoted his life, really, born in America. However, to this day, he still teaches economics and economic history at, and I'm probably butchering it, Leiden University in the Netherlands. He is Professor Jeff Finn Paul, the new book, Not Stolen, The Truth About European Colonialism in the New World. Professor Paul, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hi, Sean. Thanks a lot for having me back. I loved, I loved our last conversation, and I'm truly looking forward, because there's something that needs yeah. to be done. The truth has to come out. And this notion that people carry around a guilt for a crime that wasn't committed, I find offensive on a multitude of levels, and I'm sure you do as well. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, you realize most immigrants who came over never had anything to do with the frontier or with Native Americans at all. Most of them settled on land that had been purchased from Native Americans hundreds of years before. And yet here they are being blamed for all sorts of sins. And then you see the rewriting of history. And what's lost in it is the civility, the ideas of the Enlightenment and the ideas of property rights. After all, we said we negotiate, we purchase. We didn't want to kill and rape and cast into slavery the way the Comanches did. The, you know, we saved the other Indians from the most vile, let's call them the Hamas of their era, the Comanches. And this somehow is lost in the argument. And the Elizabeth Warren fake Indians of the world want you to believe it was wonderful and it was corn on the cob and picnics. That's really not how it was, was it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they'll tell you that Indians were natural communists, that they were natural feminists, uh, that they were basically hippies. But you realize this whole story was made up during the 1960s and 70s by a bunch of uh, basically white hippies who got PhDs uh, from California schools. That's where all this came from. And history is Americans. Yeah. What's that? I said history is ugly. It's barbaric. (laughs) Bringing civility to the uncivilized is what we're watching right now in the Middle East. However, this has been the, the plight of man for millions of years, has it not? Well, I mean, Thomas Hobbes was a lot more right than Rousseau. I mean, history has generally been a war of all against all. And those few countries that figured out how to be a little bit civilized every now and again, like England and like a couple other European countries, they really set the, the pace for modernity as we know it. But this word colonialism has been bastardized. Tell us where it took a side turn and how, how the modern-day collectivists somehow turned the concept in, in, into trying to be civil has destroyed the humanity. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that board game Settlers of Catan, it was called that about 20 years ago, it was named. And back then, nobody even thought twice about the idea of of settlers or colonialism. Those were not dirty words. They were just considered things that happened. That's what happens in history. But suddenly now, uh, colonialism is almost uh, equal to genocide, according to the way that my colleagues are telling it. And, and this is something that has to be difficult for you. You're on the ground, right? So your kids leave one class where they're told that colonialism, imperialism, it is the root of all evil. And then they go to you, who really teaches that you cannot have economics or property rights or the benefit of your achievements without that certain civility that was brought to the world through this word that has been bastardized called colonialism. Can you? 
Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, the Protestant work ethic is a real thing. I mean, those places in Northwestern Europe where they started learning to be civil to each other, where they started to learn to respect each other's rights, those things were a gift to the world. But now it's been twisted as though that was a poison. You know, you know what's, what's funny, Professor? As we're talking about history, we could very well be talking about what we see in the Middle East. What you have there is the uncivilized versus the civilized. And the ultimately what what is always the case is that violence is perpetrated. And the answer to that by the modern day collectivist is to do what exactly? I don't understand why there is even an argument when it comes to this topic of civility, of 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 negotiation, of respecting the rights of others. And I have yet to have somebody tell me what was the economic plan of the seventh century uh, uh, uh Hamas version back then to today and whether it's that or if it's we're talking about the Comanches in America what exactly was the economic scheme what was the quality of life like under this collectivist regime of barbarians be they Native American Indians or Middle Eastern theocrats what exactly was the quality of life then versus now and how has it changed now well, that's just it. I mean, most of my students want to believe that everybody is basically the same. But if you look at certain, almost every army in the world, the default has been to rape and murder anybody that they possibly could. And yet, in Europe, in the 19th century, we came up with ideas like the Geneva Convention. Why is that? Because we've gone through the Enlightenment. Yes. So... Basically, any country that has not embraced the ideas of the Enlightenment goes back to this default, which is basically armies raping, murdering, killing, and torturing people in the worst possible ways. That was considered absolutely normal. You, wanna, you want to strike fear into the hearts of your enemies. And so you're basically as horrible and mean and inhumane to them as possible. The idea of human rights just wasn't a thing in their culture. They just thought it was funny to torture people. And that's still what we see today. Oh. Many armies, the Russian army, the Japanese army during World War II, and most Middle Eastern armies will still do that if given the chance. So I'm curious to know how this gets transformed into the only country that really wanted to to do things in the in in the idea of a certain version of freedom for the citizen of righteousness for the people who could come to the country how did america who brought to a certain extent the kind of a quality of life that the world had never seen how did they become the barbarians at the gate versus those societies that ruled over the, their people and turned them into serfs when did this happen and how is it still being sold when oftentimes we're, we're being chastised by serfs? Well, you know what? I think it was really, again, in the 1960s and 70s when you go back to the rise of campus Marxism. And I really think that Howard Zinn and his People's History of the United States, these, these Marxists on campus were, were thinking to themselves, wait, America is just too successful. Our history is actually too noble. So they had to come up with a way to try to pervert everything that was good and make it sound bad. And that's been their project for the last 50 years. Fortunately, they only succeeded on campus until the rise of social media. But now it's, of course, spread like a poison throughout our entire society. You know, I'm curious, Professor, when, um, you know, when we grew up, there was a certain sense of 
patriotism that was taught to children. They were taught history and they were taught the brutal nature of history. And then they were taught how good people with solid ideas of liberty and freedom conquered bad people. And I remember the Marine Corps hymn, right, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. And you say that and nobody realized what Tripoli was. It turns out that there was this 7th century barbarism way back when we were a a pretty new country. And there were the Barbary pirates. And they were doing to the world what we see happening in the Middle East today. And really, what has changed, aside from the fact that the Barbary pirates were in control of more things back then? It was only us that defeated it. And I'm wondering, how do you see the future through the lens of history right now? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because it looked about 30 years ago as though democracy and capitalism had kind of conquered the world after communism. But somehow we let things slide during the 2000s and the 2010s. After 9-11, we allowed China and Russia just to start doing things their own way. And, I mean, they've, of course, just been fomenting this kind of barbarism throughout the world. So now we're seeing it throughout the Middle East erupting and in Africa. Um, I really think that right now democracy is more under threat than it has been since, certainly since uh, the height of the Cold War. And, I mean, I hope we're going to be able to pull uh, through by the skin of our teeth. But if our country loses its resolve, loses its nerve and its sense of purpose, Uh, We're really in trouble. You know, it feels frail to everybody. I get the sense of this. I'm still in contact with a lot of people I used to work with who have gone on to different uh, different avenues in the financial world. And even these guys, it feels different to everybody. It feels like the American people have lost the understanding, the basic knowledge of exactly what the role of government in America is to be. Versus what it is. And when you see the, the, the plot of the collectivist, which I think is arguably the best way to, to describe what we're facing, when you see them is to backdoor nationalize sectors of our life that were always free for the most part or had very light hand of government. And when you see that bastardization happen in the economy to the level it has under the the Biden administration here in America, but you being in Europe, you understand it. It isn't capitalism. It's a quasi socialism. And now as I go through the different sectors of our economy in America and you see how heavy handed this government is in virtually every sector, I don't see a separation between us today and and England. I don't see the separation other than a few nuances. And I'm wondering when you review economics and when you review the plot of government in a socialist society versus what used to be an American society, do you see a stark difference? Yeah, well, you know, when I went to England in the 1990s, most university students got out of university and went right on the dole because there was no jobs and everybody just expected you to get a handout from the government because that's what too much socialism does. It squelches the private sector. Well, In the States, I mean, students had to sink or swim right after university, and that's a good thing because it forces them to actually, you know, work and get a job and actually try to do better. But, I mean, with all this government spending since the pandemic, um, with all the inflation uh, that's been going on, all the government debt, and and as you say, these kind of heavy-handed government uh, spending programs, we're moving more towards a society where everybody expects handouts and they don't expect to work. It might 
B, becoming more like England was in the 90s before they got a little dose of neoliberalism. Yes. So is that a, a, a very sophisticated way to say the worst is yet to come? Yeah, well, it really looks that way. I mean, unless, again, we find some resolve, unless the conservatives in the United States start figuring out how to sell a free market again the way we could in the 80s and 90s, uh, yeah, things are going to get bad before they get better. Now, being a professor of global history and economics, being a professor of global history, when you see these oligarch-run societies like the former Soviet Union, and you see the the foreign policy and, and, and you recognize for the last 30 years, it's very hard to describe the American foreign policy other than a pay you to be our friend, a pay a, a pass through of corruption of your favorite officials. I don't know how else to describe the American foreign policy, but when you realize that the American people are uninterested in it for the most part, and now you see a, a, a real silver lining in a new speaker. I think that this guy has done phenomenal. And the way in which he is saying, we're going to go back to educating and discussing with the American people specificity of law, specificity of policy. That to me is kind of a, a, a I'm hoping that my fellow citizens wake up and realize we've been paying the most corrupt country in Europe to be our friend, and this whole thing might be a money theft project as the upper echelon steals the money in the same way they did 80 years ago when it was the Soviet Union. Do you think maybe people have a chance of looking into it? Because I think the bulk of Americans don't want to see Ukraine funded as they recognize a lot of the money's been stolen. I'm wondering what you think. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that uh, the U.S. used to be able to build alliances uh, and be sort of the global police force. And that's really important because, I mean, most of the prosperity of the United States, our capitalist system and our democracy has depended on us being able to keep peace in the rest of the world. So that's really important. But you're right. The American people have been taught for the last maybe 30 or 40 years, especially, that they don't really need to know the details of what's going on, that they, uh, you know, that the government is just going to govern for them. I really like this idea of giving information to the people. I think that's one of the best ways to to try to turn the tide so that people are actually aware and hold their government more accountable. You know, it's funny, I, I, I get ready for the show every day, and every day I hear uh, Democrat failures who, who, who really preside over what used to be great areas, be it New York or Chicago, and they're always touting this, world, this word compromise. I don't believe you can compromise with the wrong answer. I don't believe you can compromise with, with collectivism, socialism. All you can do is agree to be wrong at a level you think you can ignore for a certain period of time. When you see the economics of America today, we really can't afford to compromise with the open and notorious kind of failure that is represented in, in, by the uh, American collectivists, can we? Well, I mean, we just can't go on funding the debt that we're funding. We can't just keep going on spending forever. We need to get responsible. We need to get the fundamentals back in order. And that's something that really since about 2008, we've just been going further and further from what the straight economic path actually is. With your knowledge of history, has there been a country that has corrected the trajectory in the way America needs to correct the tra trajectory of its of its failure? 
Oh, man. I, I don't know. I think the pandemic has really thrown everybody for a loop. I think we were starting to get back uh, on the right track. Um, but first of all, they kept interest rates too low for too long. There was just too much free money going around. And then every government in the world, I think, spent way too much during the pandemic. I don't see anybody who's taking the right tack right now. Yeah, that's I kind of agree with you. You know, when I was thinking, I, I, I was interviewing a, a, an economist from Germany the other day, and I thought it still doesn't mean we have to wait for a country. There are still people who believe in the economics and principles of freedom, often referred to as capitalism. It's really property rights. You know that. But I was thinking, you know, if you had these these geniuses and these minds come up with an alternative to a corrupted fiat currency, you could arbitrarily change not just America, but you could change everything. And I'm wondering if you think there are still enough people who understand the principles of freedom, enough kids like you who didn't start out with a silver spoon, but have an appreciation for capitalism that gave so many poor people the opportunity to live a quality of life. Do you think that that still exists around the world the way it used to when we were young? You know, I think it's still all there. We just need the right leaders to articulate it in the right way. I think there's a lot of people who will naturally follow the lead whenever there's economists with good ideas and politicians willing to stand up for those ideas. I mean, basically, we need kind of a new Reagan to point the uh, point the way and people will uh, be cured of their collectivist addiction almost overnight if that happens but, but i love the no fact guarantee. that i love the fact that you stood up to the swindlers in our society that attempt to rewrite history to steal the future and that's why this book is so important the new book is called not stolen the truth about european colonialism in the new world it's out now he is professor jeff finn paul thank you as always for joining me i enjoy having you on a lot thank you thanks so much sean thank you we'll be back with your calls and comments I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. This is why I love the fact... Israel doesn't need anything from us. They're not a welfare corrupt hellhole riddled in its own killing of its own people for eight years like Ukraine. Israel doesn't really need anything from us. We will defeat Hamas. We will dismantle Hamas. We will offer the people of Gaza and the entire peoples of the Middle East a real future, a future of promise and hope. But this requires victory. We have the will. And we have the power to do so. We will win. That means he has to kill every one of those Aloha snack bar. You remember the ones that were celebrating the girls pulled out of the car, the heads of the babies? All of them. The, the people who were living under that kind of that kind of tyranny. The poor, good quality people who were subjugated under those inbred 7th century barbarians. You'll be free soon. We just have to kill all of the leaders. And in the meantime, the Hamas caucus here in America, they're on DEFCON 1. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. It is glaring hypocrisy when you have Republicans. By the way, this is the the uh, Ileana Omar who married her brother. That's perfectly normal. But then again, 
I think they kind of don't mind inbreeding in this armpit that she's from. However, what uh, she does is I like how civil she is in the beginning. Did you pay attention to that squirrel? And then listen to like a director at a soap opera said, action. Listen to the voice. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. It is glaring hypocrisy when you have Republicans on the other side of the aisle trying to create definitions and say Rashida wants to annihilate people when Max Miller himself went on TV and said we're turning Gaza into a parking lot and we want to annihilate Palestinians. No, 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 no. Hey, drama queen. By the way, were you uncomfortable at all, French kissing your brother? He said Hamas. He did not say Palestinian. There is no Palestine. It's Jordan. You made it up. In the meantime, he's one of two elected Republican congressmen who are Jewish. 60% of his family were in Israel. He lost friends and loved ones. Now, granted, he didn't lose his sister, but he's also not married to her. You sick, twisted moron. Nobody condemned him on that side of the aisle. What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong. Gentle ladies, time has expired. Movement will continue for liberation until every single Palestinian has the right to live in Gentlemen from Maryland is recognized. Every single Palestinian live in liberty. Listen here, you you morphodite. The good people who didn't want to swear allegiance to that cowardly God who crawled into a well 1,200 years ago, they didn't live in liberty, stupid, any more than the people who live in your armpit of the world. You know, the one you were so desperate to leave, you married your brother. That's perfectly normal. Uh, Walt, Northwest Indiana. Sean, uh, one of the big lies peddled by the Marxist uh, Democrat pro- professors is that uh, the white colonists uh, initiated scalping. I'm looking at uh, the, the November issue of Chronicles Magazine, which is a conservative magazine published out of um, Bloomington by the Charlemagne Institute. The article is by Roger D. McGrath, former Marine, former history professor at UCLA, titled Bring Me Their Scalps. One of the most persistent reversals of historical reality is the claim that scalping was introduced by white men to the Indians of North America. Despite incontrovertible evidence to the contrary, this false claim seems to have nine lies. Walt, do you realize how many morons who call themselves college graduate do not know about the Comanches and what they did to the other Indian tribes? The slaughter, the rape, the slavery... The mayhem. They were the Hamas of America. And then we talk about Geronimo and the Apaches. Do you know what they did to the then Mexicans? How they used to raid Mexican villages and wipe out their women? But everybody wants you to think they were making corn and turkeys (laughs) because they're morons. And they couldn't have lived one hour in the in the america that our actual ancestors built thank god at least we're old enough walt to understand the truth between that and the marxist democrat mafia fraud that just steal the people's tax dollars the dirty cheap whores that they are thank you walt chris orland park 
Hey, hot off the press, uh, voting issues in Pennsylvania tonight. Votes flipping on their machines. Apparently, they didn't wipe them after the last president. No, you mean Democrats would cheat and steal and ballot harvest? Doesn't matter how many times you catch them, how many times you go through the voter rolls and you see you got people that died 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 12 years ago. That's just called democracy in these Democrat sewers, and it's the only way they can stay in office. I don't know how you would think that, Squirrel. You're very pessimistic. Worse than you think. (laughs) We have one of my colleagues that have gold bars and a mattress. (laughs) He's talking about Senator Bob Menendez. 30 years a senator. And he's talking about he had gold bars and a mattress. And they all laugh. You know why? They're Democrats. They're not offended. They want the gold bars because they're too busted. They're too scummy. They're too useless to go out and earn it with their own money. Democrats. But, 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 but I'm sure it was an, an innocent explanation. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and it took the Republicans two weeks to pick a, a new Speaker of the House. Crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, but anyway, they really have their values and, you know, the important issues. You know, but have any of you, have any of you heard? Is, is this is this young Frankenstein looking freak making fun of Republicans? Hi. Good night, everybody. And this campaign is all about to me is about they didn't pay the bills and it got her paid. Here's- and every dead person in surrounding tri-state area voted for this dummy. Every Democrat stepped and they fetched because they would elect a pickle as long as it gave them more welfare. Rob Wheaton. Glitzy, Sean, from Switzerland. How are you? Splendid. How are you? All right. I'll see you at the summit on Saturday. Looking um, forward to it. I, I thought that was a great interview with that European economist, especially as he's well-versed in Hobbes and Rousseau. It's always a delight, and he did a, a wonderful interview. Oh, thank it, you. It gave, me a little, it gave me a little pessimism, but I'm calling to give you a little bit of optimism to offset that, that wonderful interview. I have optimism. I'm, I'm heading back to Florida on Monday. Go. That, well, that's good. Well, I'm coming back from Zurich tonight, or tomorrow morning, and I was walking along the river, and I noticed something that I've seen a hundred times here in Zurich. The city hall is it's a beautiful building, and the German word for city hall is Rathaus, R-A-T-H-A-U-S, Rathaus. Oh, that's and awesome. I thought of you when I saw that sign today. Thank I'm walking you, past it, and I thought Sean would love the fact that in German – the city hall is the rat house. I absolutely love it, and it's. I need that so piece that's of all knowledge. I wanted to do. I'm looking forward to it. Please have a wonderful flight, a safe flight, and I appreciate you taking time to come and see us. I really do. Thank right. you, Bob. Thank Quarter you. Quarter to one, I'm going home. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. We'll be back after Fetterman figures out if why his socks are wet. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I'm sure you saw the news by now. It happened in California. It's a more, more, more evidence of just how despicable... The Marxist mafia can be. And when you look at the video and you see the 69-year-old Jewish man killed, murdered, there's only one station I found that, that, that really broke the news correctly. Most of the other stations, 
kind of intimated that he had died after he fell down from being struck. This was the only station I found after scouring the media that reported it correctly. We begin with some breaking news. A pro-Palestinian protest turns deadly after an elderly Jewish man was hit over the head with a megaphone by a Palestinian protester. It happened yesterday in Westlake. You know, we got to stop calling them that. They're not Palestinian protesters. They're terrorist supporters. They're Hamas supporters. They should have been advocating like so many of the Ukrainian people were advocating before uh, uh, Putin's invasion into Ukraine. That the government was killing its own people. Do you realize there were thousands of Ukrainians that tried to tell the world the government of Ukraine is embroiled in a civil war killing its own Ukrainians. And the people who were from Jordan, now called Palestine, who were living under the thumb of Hamas, a terrorist drug-dealing organization headed out of Qatar, were they, were they advocating for freedom and liberty among the oppressed slaves of the former known Jordan, now called Palestine? I don't think they were. So what you have here aren't people who are advocating for the freedom and liberty of the citizens of the former Jordan, now called Palestine. What you have now are Hamas terrorist sympathizers. And that's all. Village at Westlake and Thousand Oaks Boulevard. Police say after the man was hit with that megaphone, he fell to the ground and hit his head. He later died at the hospital from that fall. You know what that's called? If you're kind. And let's say you live in a Democrat sewer. That doesn't know how to identify murder. That's called manslaughter. Manslaughter. And that used to have a minimum and a mandatory. Now in these Democrat sewers, I think they give him a bus pass. The Ventura County Sheriff's Department arrived at the scene, began interviewing eyewitnesses. However, as of now, no arrests have been made in connection with that assault. Late today, a statement from the Jewish Federation of Greater Los Angeles says, in part, violence against our people has no place in civilized society. But it's not civilized. Listen, all you need do is look at the areas where the Democrats reside. Just look at them. What are the worst Areas in America. What is the common denominator? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Democrats. Democrats and welfare roaches. Terrible people to live around. They're not civilized. What is civilized about what you see in the once great city of Chicago? Where's the civilized? Well, Tanya and Terrell, these businesses now have to pay thousands of dollars to repair the damage left. Very sophisticated. I believe this was once a very Tony neighborhood behind. Now, four places were hit on this corner alone, and you can see many of them have already boarded up after the thieves smashed through windows and doors, the crime spree leaving many business owners frustrated. I don't know what's more aggravating, the fact that they don't want you to realize this is the result of Democrat policy, or the fact they want you to forget you're paying 30000 for these punks to pretend to be educated, these morons. That's who it is. It's chaos. It's mayhem. New here at 5, the search for suspects in a brazen crash and grab at an Apple store in Naperville. Skycam over the scene earlier. what happens when you give Democrats cars. Earlier, as crews work to clean up broken glass. Yeah, the incident shocked the quiet community, and WGN's Dana Rebick has reaction from residents and from witnesses. Most businesses were still closed when this happened. Early this morning, a stolen car ramming into... Do you know what you could track, which is interesting, about all these suburbs that used to be nice to live through? Look at the growth... 
of public housing and look at the growth of crime rates. Hmm, I can't figure it out. I'm sure there's no correlation whatsoever. Democrats. Drew in Naperville. Hey, Sean. Hey, one of the things that I am personally struggling with, with this um, Hamas and Israel thing, is what I see a lot of coming from the left is that Israel is supposedly using white phosphorus. And white phosphorus has been what is against the Geneva Conventions. It's a really icky thing. Um, Really nasty. Yeah, Drew, I I hope it's not true. But remember, the same media told us that uh, I believe it was uh, Assad was gassing his own people. And if you remember, the CNN host smelled the shirt and said it stunk like something. So the problem we also have to always be suspicious of, and I am as well, is to make sure that the media is telling us the truth. So if the media is telling us, let's cross-check it, double check it and i want to get i want to get back to you on this conversation i'm not cutting you off i just ran out of time we'll be back from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is a research fellow for Heartland Socialism Research Center. He's the host of Heartland's In the Tank podcast and Stopping Socialism TV. We're going to have him on to discuss the golden goose of all government corruption. And I've always had a question. How do you quantify the cost of government eco-Nazism? I mean, I remember in the 70s, catalytic converters. Now they're being stolen in Chicago. Uh, How do you quantify the cost to the American people of the government demanding certain environmental clauses that shouldn't be there in the first place? He is Donald Kendall. Donald, how are you? You know, I'm doing fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's a coincidence because my car, I just got an alert on my car saying that my catalytic converter needs to be replaced. And I was thinking of just driving it down Chicago and just leaving it on the side road for a night and then, you know, claiming it for insurance. Oh, there you go. Because, yes, uh, you may as well you might as well buy one and then drive it because it's it's useless anyway. It's useless. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm a car guy and I was recently in California and they had a, a guy pulls up in a in a pre catalytic converter car. It was like a 1969 Buick Deuce and a quarter. Beautiful car. And, you know, you, you, you heard the sound. It sounded different. The car ran differently. And listen, I'm not about hurting the environment. No one wants to hurt the environment. But we're so quick to take these so-called answers and solutions. We don't realize exactly what it does in the grand scheme of things. Because in that state, it's also $7.23 a gallon. And you start to figure out who really is hurt by this. And it's always poor people, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I mean, we, we've put so much thought into this whole kind of green agenda thing from every direction, as you can imagine. I mean, Heartland Institute, our bread and butter is uh, energy and environment uh, issues and public policy that relates to those things. And, and what I've come to realize is that there's so many different interest groups that are all have their 
uh, thumb on the scale when it comes to this issue. And they don't all necessarily have the same objectives in mind. They're all playing into the same kind of mindset that some people are doing it for power, some people are doing it for money, some people are doing it for influence. But it's all this kind of self perpetuating machine. So you know, it's uh, it's crazy, but the people that are taking that on the short end of the stick is definitely people like you and me, sir. Well, the funny thing is, is that there's, there's a duality going on. The same people who are telling us that it's crucially important for us, the individual American, to sacrifice. It has to, you know, for the environment. These are the same people that have no problem funding chaos and warfare around the world. I, I find that to be a duality that's hard to swallow. But the more important thing that, that, that gets lost in the argument is that human beings, specifically Americans, have found a way to make use of the true renewable energy, the one that is always under attack, the most cost effective on every level, but also the common denominator of everything in our life that is good from the roof above us to the floor below us and the clothes on our back oil yet it has very few advocates there are very few people that are willing to take on the peer pressure of idiots and scoundrels who want to tax and abuse and misappropriate and ultimately i'm wondering is there going to be a scandal obvious enough something bigger than solyndra something bigger than windmills that don't work or solar that is 75 year old technology that doesn't work and you and, and and the fact you can't really transport energy, can you? So when these what? windmills and solar and the farms all throughout California, are they successful in transporting that energy? Well, I, I, so a couple of things there. Uh, you said nobody's standing up for like oil and, and coal and all of that. Not even oil companies are standing up for that type of thing. They, they're buying into the same type of ESG mindset right there. So that just kind of shows you how far down the line. Well, we they are. make more money in the alternative. And they do nothing. Absolutely. I mean, the so, political game is a very lucrative one, so you, you almost can't blame them for that. But uh, you know, you mentioned Solyndra, and, and I knew you were going to mention Solyndra. <laughs> Everyone mentioned Solyndra when we talked about the failures of these wind and solar things. And like, I don't, you know, I, I don't, uh, uh, you know, I'm not. Seems like a deal now. It's that. five billion. I mean, <laughs> it was nine, right? Or it was even less. It's, it seems like a deal. Whatever it was is a deal. Oh yeah, it was. It was, it was about a half a billion. Oh, so okay. yeah, by today's standards, you know, that buys a couple loaves of bread. But for every Solyndra, there's like a handful of other ones that just totally get ignored. Uh, Cape Wind in Massachusetts, hundreds of millions of dollars in government subsidies went went to that. Complete failure. Blythe Solar Power Project in California, that was a complete failure. Just this year alone, we've seen failures of green energy projects in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, where two wind farms were just uh, shut down in, in, in New Jersey that were getting up to a billion dollars in tax credits. All of these things are just failing constantly. And of course, the Solyndra one is the one that stands out. But the, the point is that these are these are a dime a dozen. These are failing all over the place because yeah. the basic economics don't support wind and solar. It just doesn't work. One they all the, fail. One of the things I'm enjoying is the absolute collapse of the so-called uh, EV market. And you're starting to see some notable companies that thought they could be successful in it. Mercedes comes to mind that is really kind of taking it on the chin and almost abandoning the entire platform. But one of the scandals that I think you have to we have to touch upon being from Illinois and Illinois Chicago radio station is this idea that a Chinese communist front 
group posing as an EV battery company called Goshen gets an eight billion. That has to be the most obvious bald faced taxpayer subsidized payoff to the Communist Party in American history. Do you think that's too bold of a statement? Uh, no, uh, although in today's day and age, there's probably a handful of things that you could probably label with that. But when the economics, uh, when reality hits this, the economics is very clear. All of these companies that buy into all of this and they're really pushing EVs, GM losing, I uh, forget, like $30,000 per car they sell, some something crazy like that. All of the uh, green energy companies that are involved in all the failures are the things I just listed, listed off. BP wrote off $500 million, I think just last year. Eversource devalued by $300 million. Uh, Orsted, which is the one that shut down the two wind farms in New Jersey, they just dropped in valuation by more than like $5 billion. Their stock plummeted by, uh, plunged by 20%. And it, and it, you know, but don't worry. Don't worry. I know you're worried. And you text me sometimes in the middle of the night yes. wondering about how these cronies are ever going to make a dollar in a market economy. But Terrified, I'm here to yeah. reassure you yeah. that the government is going to ride in with full of bags of taxpayer money and freshly printed fiat currency to bail out and subsidize these companies and projects. And guess what? We have another United Nations conference, COP28, taking place later this month, and surely some new initiative will be announced. Well, it's nice we get to check up on Greta. A slush fund of trillions of dollars that they can pour into all these failed projects, just like the ones I referenced earlier. So Mm. don't worry, if the market fails, the government will step in. Well, I like that we get to check up on Greta. I like to see how she's aging like a troll. I find it to be quite quite interesting. But one of the things that's, that's, that's particularly... I think an opportunity for people that want to want to change things is that the American people writ large have spoken. We do not want the scam EVs. We just don't want them. There was no demand prior to this big push where government comes on, comes in with really misappropriation of power and demands that a certain percentage of cars be sold and yada, yada, yada. But the reality is people don't want these things. They're dangerous. They don't work, and it's a fraud because those are not magic holes in the wall. Eventually, people are going to have to realize what that is. So well, that, That's the only reason that these things are standing, because of government mandate and because of government subsidies. In some of these instances of some of these uh, failed green energy projects, the uh, companies that were involved in it went to the Public Service Commission, You know, because we don't really have a free market when it comes to energy, yeah. and they were saying, hey, look, the only way we're going to actually be able to turn like a profit with this is if you're allowed us to increase energy prices to the tune of 65%. And thankfully, the Public Service Commission said, uh, you know what? No, we're not going to do that to the customers. But like, that's the alternative. If you really want these green energy things, we're talking about rate increases of 65%, and that is being conservative. Now, there was only one president in you know, recent history, uh, in particular over the last 25 years, who had the, the courage and the wherewithal to, to explain to the American people that uh, alternative energy sucks, and that was Donald Trump, as he ridiculed what we are now living through, our reality. And I see him coming back and running and saying, look, all of this will go away on day one. I'm wondering, I think that is a message that will sell, by the way. I'm wondering if you think it's possible in the next election to also see people who want to run for Congress and the Senate to grab onto that, because ultimately courage is intoxicating. And I think the American people want to hear somebody say what we all have instinctively known and what we all realize to this day 
It is a scam. And for politicians to run on the fact that climate change is a fraud and I will not throw good money after bad and we will cut the ties to the eco Nazis. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this this all stems from this twisted ideology that prioritizes an agenda and delusions effective reality. And that's the things that I was that I was talking about with all of these failures. All of these different green projects just run into a brick wall which is objective reality. And you can only skirt around that for too long. And you're absolutely right. Donald Trump did very bluntly kind of lay out that message. And, uh, you know, you're talking about people running for Congress. And, and I will say that, you know, it, it's um, it's kind of a shame that uh, this kind of the federal government gets all the attention when it comes to kind of quote unquote politics. Because just recently, this past weekend, I was at a conference down in Texas with uh, 150 different lawmakers, state level lawmakers from across the country. And the the amount of enthusiasm and the the acknowledgement of how terrible our energy system is is just so thoroughly understood at that level of government. Yes, and all these people, especially after the conference, were so enthusiastic about going back to their state and trying to fix stuff at that state level. And when I am surrounded by that much energy and enthusiasm and that that correct messaging. I can't help but get optimistic, but uh, maybe maybe I'm just you know haven't had the uh, well, I think you're also ground out of me too much. Yeah, but you focus in a lot of a lot of nonsense where you're just looking for a a breath of fresh air. For instance, how many people realize one of your expertise is this nonsense of diversity, equity and inclusion, which is really a joke upon itself. It's almost as if some some sexually frustrated, locked away Marxist came up with an idea to acknowledge and embrace supporting the accepting of those of all races, sexual genders, <laughs> religion, social economic backgrounds, among other differences. So when I need an accountant, I don't really need somebody who's good at accounting. I just need a homosexual who is really good at juggling. <laughs> That's what I need. And if you have one with a with a cleft palate, a hair lip and a club foot, whoo, I should pay no taxes. What do you think about that? Well, see, and, and this kind of goes back to that idea that all of this, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, DEI or green energy or any type of one of these schemes out there, it all stems from this twisted ideology where they try to set aside objective reality and just push for what things should be. And I came up with this analogy while at that conference, actually, where I was just like, imagine a, an, a, an accountant at a firm that's just doing the books and he's got a calculator and he hits two plus two and hits equal objective reality says that answer is four. But now when it comes to ESG and other government mandates, basically we're trying to enforce that when he hits that two plus two and hits equal on that calculator, it says five because that makes us all feel much better. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the reality is. It just makes us feel better if it says five. And that is the tool that we're trying to govern our entire society with now. It's just that feeling of this makes us feel good. Donald, have you gotten a, uh, a an updated sheet on on the uh, the the benefits of totalitarian theocrats running countries, be it Afghanistan, Iran, or the former known Jordan, now referred to as Palestine, do we have a, a written platform on exactly what their policy is 
on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Do you have any of that? Uh, I don't have it on hand, but I can only imagine that uh, that it's not good. I can't, I can't no. imagine they're the most inclusive of cultures. But uh, No, and I, can, I can't wait for some transgender barista to join the Marine Corps and really get introduced to Hamas, because I think they're going to be a startling reality, because sadly, this has entered our military. And I think this is something that is really quite tragic when it comes to other government jobs i mean the fact of the matter is they don't really work anybody that works for the government we kind of realize those are the worst part performers in society and we expect them to go on break but when it comes to the military has there been any ramifications of implementing um dei in the marine corps for example well, I think, uh, I mean, I don't have the stats on that, but I think kind of anecdotally, you're seeing a lot of people that are a little bit more hesitant to kind of throw throw in and, and go to the military because, you know, the patriotic duty and all the things that come along with that, the honor and yeah. uh, of defending your country and all of that. And now it's kind of been turned into this mockery of, uh, yeah, you know, all of that stuff, that's secondary. We have to make sure that, you know, that barista with the blue hair feels included uh, when we're trying to defend the nation. So we're going to prioritize that. Isn't Again, this all a mockery? It, it, the whole thing, the oh. whole thing comes down to getting rid of objective reality and just going with what feels good. I've come to that conclusion recently, and it's almost like a commonality through line that goes through all of these subjects that we talk about on a I, daily yeah, basis. It's Kantian, isn't it? That's why when you realize that that this whole philosophy of government supremacy, which is what it is, it's built on a psychological trip trick of self-loathing and to convince the slave to give away any hope for freedom. And that's really the description that destroys every country throughout the world. Unfortunately, it has infected our America. And I think it's never been more obvious than the year 2023. I'm just hoping that the failure is so undeniable that hopefully there are still some good people left who turn it away. Because when you start to see people cheer and support dictators, theocrats, murderers posing as government, from uh, Hamas to Iran to the Houthis and the Blowfish or whatever it is, it's starting to realize you can move from these Democrat hellholes around the country. But if this infects our entire government, where are you going to go? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, how many generations now have we run this system in an irrational manner? But then we get upset when the next generation thinks that we're going to continue to govern irrationally. So it's almost like a self-perpetuating thing. We have to just say absolutely not these are the objective realities this is how it works when it comes to the economy this is how it works when it comes to energy production this is how it works when it comes to defending the country it's not thoughts and feelings it's not what we want to be the case it's objective reality now do you ever find yourself uh thinking you know that kjp is a terrible absolutely the arguably the worst and the dumbest press secretary this country's ever had but man she must be a phenomenal lesbian do you ever think like that or is that just me <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it makes it all feel better, yeah. you know, like, I, I, you know, sometimes you just, you say like, oh, yeah, you know, you're not getting the points across, straight yeah. up lying sometimes, clearly just carrying water for the administration. Yeah. But it also but man, makes me think you know. if only I was gay, I'd be driving a Bentley. Anyway, That's true. That's I appreciate true. you making time for me. He is Donald Kendall, the Heartland Institute. He is uh, also a co-host of in the Tank podcast and Stopping Socialism TV. He is Donald Kendall. Thanks, as always, for joining me to talk about the ridiculous, also known as our government. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. 
AM 560. The answer. You know, I wondered how long we, uh, it would take before chemical weapons came into talk. I'm not, I, I, I thank my listener for telling me it was being propagandized that Israel, who's trying to get back its hostages, would use white phosphorus. Um, I remember when they wanted to go to war with, well, we went to war with Syria, when they wanted to justify it, and they said he was using chemical weapons, and the CNN reporter sniffed the shirt. I smell something. Yeah, that's your feet, you filthy animal, these morons. Go ahead. There's chemical weapons on the shirt. Make sure you smell it. I mean, Democrats are so frank and stupid, but you know that after all. Do you... um feel there's a threat that some nefarious elements, including Hamas members or those sympathetic or inspired by Hamas, to, to do the same thing here, that maybe they've snuck through the border and are here. I, t- I tell you, the, we don't uh, take anything more seriously here at the National Security Council than the safety and security of America, of Americans, no matter where they are. Certainly, well, I'll tell you what, I think people are aware that this could happen in any second, that there are pro-terrorist cells, not just in our Congress, but in our country. And should that happen, I think the Congressman Miller, who is being slammed by the caucus for Hamas, I think his prediction will be more accurate than ever before. A state or territory that's about to probably get eviscerated and go away here shortly as we're going to turn that into a parking lot. Rashida Tlaib has the, I don't even want to call it the Palestinian flag because they're not a state, they're a territory that's about it's interesting. You know, that's a young man, also a, a, a Jewish man. But he's kind of right. After all, if you look at the actual documents, it was Jordan. But yet Jordan doesn't want these particular occupiers of what they call Palestine. I wonder why. I think we all know why. Here at home, and we work in close contact with uh, the Department of Homeland Security and, and our border patrol agencies to, to make sure that we can uh, f- control and, and uh, vet and to, to, to minimize any threat of terrorism uh, coming uh, through our borders, wherever those borders are. Mer- oh, John, you're three years too late, stupid. Estimates between 8 and 11 million illegal aliens have come up through the border, and not just the ones that Kamala Harris bribe the most corrupt governments in Central and South America to send, but the ones that collaborated with the Middle East theocrats that all live in Qatar as their slave slave camps are in the formerly known Jordan, now called Palestine. Kerry, Crown Point. Sean, we used to be called the arsenal of democracy in the United States. And because of these socialist, terrible policies, we can't save the world anymore, and we can't even save ourselves. No, we had but, the resources, the manpower and the technology, and now it's all being taken away from us. Well, I, I think, Carrie, I think, Carrie, the problem is that we sold the, the idea. We, we, we compromised with the Marxist mafia by even using the word democracy. We're never a democracy. We're a republic. And, and, and the problem is out of that conversation that you and I just had, only a third of Americans can follow it. Because there are still two thirds of Americans that think we are a a democracy or that think we are a collectivist society and they don't understand government doesn't exist. It's just people with power that we, the people, continue to give them. And until that starts to get challenged, I don't think we're going to have any kind of change of a trajectory outside of a very few, maybe 20 states. I think the saving grace will be there will be people like me and you who go to these states and say it's time for a secession. That's the only way you're going to save the idea of Americanism. There's too many Chicago Democrats in, a, in the country.
Thank you very much. See, you get used to it in Chicago. Yeah, you do. And you got your propagandists calling themselves the media. And before you know it, you're turning to weather underground fluffers like David Axelrod as elder statesmen. I want him to consider uh, what is best in terms of the goal that I know he is committed to. You think David Axelrod still walks around his foo-foo dog on the Gold Coast? I don't think he does. Which is defeating Donald Trump. And if he uh, if he believes based on um, not just what's in his heart, but what's in uh, data and what he's being told, that he has the best chance to do it, uh, then then he should he should run. But, um, the, you know, the thing that irritates me a little bit, Wolf, is this notion that people who are concerned are bedwetters is a phrase. Actually, I think it originated in the 2008. Ironically, the bedwetters are sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom nowadays and the White House in general and maybe the Senate. Obama campaign in a much different context. Uh, there's there is reason to be concerned. And what is he talking about, Squirrel? What would be the reasoning? And uh, I'm glad to be accompanied by. Uh, I want to talk about my administration and its investment in rural America. But I also want to thank uh, uh, Governor Vilsack, uh, former Governor Vilsack. Yeah, brilliant. Five minutes to Wapner. Five minutes to Wapner. Ruth and Elgin. Hi. Sean, I was wondering, you were talking about um, the, the, what is that, the equity and the... Oh, diversity, um, inclusion, and equity. Yes. Yes, yeah. That, that's what I want to say, because... That's now, Ruth, when you got your job, was it because you were a lesbian? <laughs> no? All right, I'm just making sure. I just want to make sure. You didn't need any of that diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff, did you, Ruth? <laughs> no. All right, go and, and that was Carrie Lake that said that. She liked to look at it as die. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good, because, oh. you know, they want you to think that women needed government to have a good quality of life. They want you to think that everything in this country was terrible. There were no successful homosexuals or women or people uh, who like to dress up in their mother's clothes like uh, like J. Edgar Hoover and whatnot. They wanted you to think that you couldn't succeed without the mafia Democrats clearing the path for you, Ruth. I just want to make sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Thank <laughs> okay. God we're old, Ruth. Thank God you take care of yourself. I appreciate it. Glenn and Oakbrook. Hey, Sean, uh, for these people that think Joe Biden is doing a great job and they vote for him, you're effectively voting for Kamala Harris for president. And if you do that, okay, knowing the disaster that's ahead of us. Well, I don't know, Glenn. We might get Middle East peace if we throw that tramp into a tent with him. You never know. We might have found the secret to the sauce. Here, boys, I know you're used to things with horns on their head, but try this one out for size. I appreciate it. God, you're sick, Glenn. you got a sick sense of humor. Cream Puff Jim. Yeah, you think Nike can uh, run for, if he can tear himself away from the porno that he's got, maybe he can run for vice president. Uh, I speak speak Chicago Mafia uh, Democrat, so I know you're talking about Mike Johnson, but the rest of the people don't. What you're suggesting is that Mike Johnson is running for vice president. What I suggest to you is Mike Johnson doesn't need to run for vice president. The damage he's going to do to your corrupt mafia, as Speaker of the House is going to be spectacular. By the way, he's just getting started. He's just getting started. In the meantime, most of you Democrats are like Spider in Goodfellas. You can't figure out who ordered the Cuddy Shark. Thank you very much, dummy. Uh, Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Again, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Now I got something important there. 
Listen. Well, uh, as opposed to normal, I like that you announced it. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) You know you love me, Sean. All right, here's the deal. So you got this uh, Rashida that's got this uh, thing going where she uh, Wait a minute. I get confused. Not the one that married her brother, but the one who looks like a camel's ass, correct? Yeah. All right. Exactly. Just so I have it straight. Okay. He inflated. He and he's guilty of inflating the value of his property. No, no, no. That's the other one that's built like Dick Buckus in his heyday. That's Letitia. Letitia. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think you got your Marxists confused. Go ahead. Okay. They're getting uh, a half a million dollars for speeches that ain't worth five bucks. They're getting a half a million dollars for paintings that ain't worth squats. Yeah, you mean legalized bribery? Is that what that's the stone in your shoe? All right. They're hauling the money in. Yeah. Where is the DA? Where is the DA on our side to take and accuse these people of basically inflating the value of this bulldog that they got like speeches that ain't worth five cents or a painting that ain't worth nothing? They're like like the Durkins in Illinois. They just want a piece of the action. By the way, have you seen some of these Durkins? Oh, they're aging like Otis Campbell and Mayberry. Do you see these drunken stumble bums all pot-bellied and red-faced? It's fun to watch. Thank you very much for the call. I love the why. I like to make fun of the short-in-the-pants gangsters. I can't help it. Rich in Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How are you tonight? Splendid. How are you? Good. Listen, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You Listen, see these Sean, Durkins, uh, these lobbyist brothers? Have you seen them at the tavern or off-track betting? Do you see these slobs walking around? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Listen, when uh, I listen to the show every day, and uh, what aggravates me is when you play these, uh, when you play things like uh, Omar uh, backing is uh, to lead, and then you hear uh, this Jamie Raskin, who I believe is Jewish, right? Jamie Raskin is Jewish. Yes, he is. Oh, okay. And, then and he's, he's, got, a, he's got a beautician he's who's defending. a comedian. Wait, he's defending to lead saying that she has the First Amendment right to say whatever she wants, even though we might like what she says. Well, wait a minute. But what about Trump? When Trump says, says something that they might not like, they want to crucify the guy. Well, first of all, let's, let's, for her to send this. let's agree with him. Jamie Raskin, for twice in his miserable existence, is correct. Rashida Tlaib, yeah, but- I, I find it refreshing that the Hamas caucus speaks so openly about supporting barbarism, mayhem, murder, child yeah, but, rape and and nonsense that they call you know tuesday i'm fine with it what right but what she's talking about is hate speech and that's why all these poor kids in college are being uh being threatened uh, these jewish Listen, kids are being threatened and Rich, you know you're mad yeah. you're mad at what you should be excited about and i'm dead serious about this because believe me when i tell you this is repulsing more people than it's attracting well, no, I understand okay. that. I agree with you 100%. So, so every kid that's alive today, all of these kids that you think are going to destroy the quality of life, these kids that are living under this open and notorious mafia right. gangster government, they will be the me and you of 30 years from now. Because ultimately, this failure is undeniable. This corruption is blatantly obvious and undeniable. Do you think these kids, and I don't mean the ones that are that are that are morons and want something for nothing, like the kids that grow right. up in the in the ghettos? I'm talking about the kids that want something for themselves and believe that they could do better than their grandfathers. You think they're going to tolerate these okay. these Democrats? The answer is no. No. Well, the other thing I wanted to say is, hello. Yeah, you're there. Okay. These uh, Palestinians. Are they, uh, 
Are they different from Hamas or is Hamas Palestinian? There are prisoners in their culture, just like there are good people stuck in Chicago. But if they were out in the streets and they were celebrating the kidnapping, raping, baby murder that is Hamas's culture, then I have absolutely no sympathy. How do you separate them? I don't know. But the one good thing is, the one good thing is when Israel is done liberating them from their captors, from the terrorist overlords called their government, all will be better off in the future. We'll be back after this. Marxists, socialists and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer. Oh, I like I like this approach. For all of the poor people who have suffered under the terrorism of Hamas, waiting to be liberated. Just hang on a little bit longer. Pretty soon. What's that other saying where they want to get rid of Israel from the river to the sea? How about this? How about this for a new one, Squirrel? From the river to the sea, Israel as far as the eye can see. Oh, I like to play word games with morons. We will defeat Hamas. We will dismantle Hamas. We will offer the people of Gaza and the entire peoples of the Middle East a real future. A fu- there you go. For all of you good people who just wanted to practice your freedom and your liberty, you know, the ones that Ileana Omar said that you're living there, it won't be much longer. And all of those terrorists wrapped in the 7th century mayhem and murder, rape and pillaging, not to mention whatever they did to goats, they'll all be gone. Just hang on. Your Jewish liberators are going to free you shortly. Future of promise and hope. But this requires victory. And you know what? Why don't we just call it Jordan? You know, the way it was originally before the terrorist cell took over an entire country. No, I'm not talking about the one Joe Biden gave to, uh, to the Taliban in Afghanistan. I'm talking about this one with the same kind of outfits. Adrian Riverdale. Hey. Yes. Hello. I want to know where my license plates are from Julianus that I paid for in July. They're in his trunk. He went on a golfing trip. He'll give them to you when you're back. In the meantime, I got my own headaches. I, had, I was driving on an expired plate from 2021. Do you know some kid gave me a ticket? Now they want me to appear in person. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you. You could say you're there for me, and then you could find out where your plates are. We got a deal? Uh, well... All right, maybe. Yeah, see, that's how you test them. That's how you test them. Threaten them with work. Everybody balks. In the meantime, here's how you know the rest of this country is learning from what the Democrats are trying to do to Trump. Believe me, more people are understanding who's really at risk. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention, because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country and we need to stop what is happening in this courtroom. President Trump is worth a lot more and she wasn't ready for it. She doesn't understand it. And before she rushed to judgment, she should have thought about attacking somebody with over 50 years of real estate expertise who changed single handedly the skyline of New York City. By the way, did you notice the difference in the way that the so-called Republicans versus the Marxist mafia presents themselves? Have you taken a look at Donald Trump's attorney, Haba versus Letitia James? who looks like an offensive lineman in drag. Did you take a look at the difference between Ileana Omar, which I believe translates in Palestinian to face of a camel's ass, 
to the lovely attorney Haba. I don't think there's much to indiscretion. They're obviously just too ugly to get jobs on, on, on soap operas. In the meantime, is the show almost over as well? You got to be kidding. It's over right now? I don't want it to be over. Can we get... Uh, all right. We'll be back in 21 hours.